I remember going to church every Sunday growing up. I sat by my mama and listened to the preacher talk about all sorts of strange things. He was talking about things like communion, anointing, and something about dedicating babies. I looked at my mama and said, what is he talking about? We went home most Sundays and I was full of more questions than answers. But there was one particular Sunday when the preacher was dunking people underwater and everyone was cheering when they came up. He called it baptism. I thought to myself, this is the strangest thing I have ever seen. Now, it made me anxious because he was very adamant that people be baptized, but I had never been, and I didn't know why it was so important. So I did what I knew to do when I had questions. I asked Mama. I asked her why they were dunking people underwater, and if it was a special kind of water or if something magical was happening when they were submerged. Mama told me that there was nothing special about the water and there was no magic trick going on. She told me baptism was our way of telling the world, I have decided to follow Jesus, and it has changed everything. I asked about the water again because, to me, it was just so strange. She explained the church's tradition of baptism. Being submerged into the water and coming back up was symbolic of being dead to sin and alive in Christ. I looked at Mama and said, Mama, I think I need to be baptized. I knew in that moment I needed to tell my story. I knew the grace of Jesus was too good to keep to myself. I knew I was dead and now I am alive. I knew that the water and the tradition was only a part of the declaration. The declaration that said, hello world, Jesus has changed everything. So the next Sunday, I went to church and we headed down to the river. I was baptized that day, not only because it was our tradition, but because Jesus entered my life and redirected my path. And this changes everything. You ever had a moment in your life that changed everything? Maybe it was a, a movie you saw or a meal you ate. I know I graduated from college and we went to this amazing restaurant that served like a seven-course meal. And that no meal will ever compare to that. That changed, as far as food for me, that changed everything. Maybe it was a game you watched on TV. Maybe it was, it was the birth of a child. Or, or maybe it was like uh, this lady just said, that it was a moment where you met God. Maybe you were sitting in a service like this, and you realized for, for perhaps the first time that God's love was for you, and it just changed everything. I'm going to tell you a, just a, a quick story about a, a moment that happened for me recently. This was a few years ago. I was at a pastor's retreat in Atlanta. Uh, we went down for, I went down rather for a few days, and I was there by myself with a bunch of other pastors from around the nation, really around the world. Um, at the end of the retreat, I had a, a night by myself because Atlanta doesn't fly to Bangor after like 3 o'clock, which is really weird. So I had a whole night to spare, and, and what do I do as a movie buff? I go see a movie by myself. My wife tells me that's really weird, but um, my alternative is to go watch movies. And my wife's amazing at, like, everything, except watching movies. She likes to ask questions during the movie, and, and she wants to know everything. Like, it's a brand-new movie, and I have no idea. So when I get a moment to watch a movie by myself, I take myself up on it, and I treated myself to a movie. And Uber driver came and picked me up at the hotel, and I went to a movie. And then on the way back, 
uh, I kind of walked around the city a little bit, and he picked me up again, and it was a different driver. And I know as a pastor, you think he must be like an extrovert and outgoing. That is the complete opposite of me. Uh, I put a face on for this, and then I go home, and I sleep for like eight hours. I'm an introvert. I don't like talking, so I get in the back seat of an Uber, and I'm thinking, i got like 20 minutes to the hotel. I really don't want to say anything. Can I just like get through this to get home? And the guy starts talking and asking me questions, and why am I here? And you know, so I answer the questions, and I'm always nervous about telling people what I do for a living because for most people, that's like a, like a light switch off. Like, okay, we're done. We're not talking. So I tell him what I did for a living, and then he starts in. Well, you know, I go to church. And, and immediately when he said that, it, my thought was like, all right, this changes everything. Now I'm intrigued. Well, tell me about your church. And he starts explaining where he and his wife had been for the past few years and that they went to church, and now they're actually not going to church because she battled an illness and they didn't feel love and support from their, their church and their community. And they gave me about a 25 minutes. I think, I think he actually took longer because we were engaged in a conversation. But for about 20 minutes, I was able to talk and to pour into him what I felt like God had poured into me. And by the end, when we're sitting outside our hotel room in an Uber car at about 1230 at night in Atlanta, Georgia, I asked him if I could pray with him. And I did. And I, I asked him if this was a, on a Friday. I said, would you go to church this Sunday? Here are a list of churches that are great in the area. And, and I did. But it, it was one of those moments for me where... You know, I'm just hoping to get through what I'm about to, what, what's about to happen, and then something changes. At that moment, everything changed. That's really what, what, what baptism is, is for us. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, it's, it's like wearing the, the team's jersey. I'm not from Maine. I'm from Pennsylvania. So when I came up here and I see somebody wearing a Philadelphia Eagles shirt, it's like, oh, you like, same team. I got it. There's something in common with us. It, it, it's that kind of a feeling when you see somebody wearing your favorite team's jersey. It's like, oh, I know something about you. Now there's, there's common ground. I may not even know your name. I may not know your history or where you're from, but, but we're on the same team, right? That, that, that's awesome because the more you discover about, uh, about people, the more you kind of see their interests, the, the way they identify themselves, the more you know about them. And that's really what we, what we learn. We learn uh, a lot about people by how they identify themselves. It's, it's interesting, like we use the, the sports analogy with, with jerseys. It's, it's interesting as you get to know people and you get to see more about them you, and how they identify themselves, you know the places you click. And when you see something that's a little weird or they wear a different jersey, it's like, oh, I don't know why they would do that. Like, why? You ever see an athlete who, who wore a jersey you're not like used to seeing them in? For me, it was Michael Jordan. I grew up a Chicago Bulls fan. <clears throat> loved Michael Jordan in the 90s. He was amazing. If you know Michael Jordan, he played for the Chicago Bulls. He won three championships. It was a three-peat. It was amazing. And then he retired. Then he played baseball for like the Birmingham Barons for a stint, and that was really weird. And then he unretired and came back to the Bulls, and he had another three-peat, three champions. Then he retired again. He played golf for a little bit, and then he came back. And do you remember when he came back the third time, what, what jersey he was wearing? Anyone? The Wizards. A Washington Wizards jersey. It is so weird to see Michael Jordan wearing a Washington Wizards jersey. That's not right. That doesn't, that's, not, that's weird. That's, that's not like, that's not you. Uh, maybe a better illustration for all of you New Englanders is this. <laughs> I, I, you can't blame me. <laughs> I do take a little pleasure in that. <laughs> How the jersey you wear identifies you. That's exactly like Baptism. Well, see, just for a few minutes this morning, I want to talk a little about baptism. Is It's one of these, these ancient kind of rituals that the church continues to do thousands and thousands of years later that there's probably a lot of confusion, a lot of questions on, like, like why do we continue to baptize, and, and why do we do it this way? And my hope is to, to answer that for you, and then we're going to baptize some, some wonderful ladies who have signed up for this, but I'm actually going to open an invitation 
for all of you, because this is an amazing opportunity uh, for us to switch jerseys, to identify with the team, because that's exactly what baptism does. It's, it's putting on a different jersey and saying, I, I'm no longer what I was. I, I'm, I'm now something new. I now identify as something new. I have Something in me has changed. This changed everything. At Journey, we have this saying. Um, it, it's kind of become our, our mantra. It's really a value proposition of those who, who follow Jesus, of those who become Christians. We, we say this. We say, following Jesus will make your life better. And we really do believe that. Following Jesus will make your life better. Baptism is a chance for us to basically say, my life is better now that I follow Jesus. What's interesting is what this doesn't say is that all the circumstances in your life are going to go better, right? I got a raise and and I got that hot date on Friday night and I'm making more money than ever did and life's just going up. That's not what that means. The circumstances in, in life may continue to be what they are now, but when you follow Jesus, you have somebody who walks through those things with you. You have somebody who, who will talk with you when you face those challenges. You have somebody who, who lifts you up when you need encouragement, somebody who gives you peace when you're feeling troubled. Following Jesus will make your life better. The, the, the ladies who are going to be baptized, if they could all share their story, their stories may say something like this. I was at a place in my life where, where I didn't like who I was. There was a, a tragedy that occurred. I, I was depressed. I was overwhelmed. I looked, I looked back at my past, and I wasn't happy with who I was. But then I followed Jesus. And that changed everything. The second half of the statement we say is following Jesus will not only make your life better, but following Jesus will make you better at life. It will teach you how to be the person you've always wanted to become. Following Jesus and modeling our life after him will teach us how to be the mother and the wife and the father and the son or the employer or the leader or the man or the teenager. Whatever your situation, whatever you want to be, following Jesus and modeling our life after him actually makes you better at life. All right, Jim, so that's all interesting, but why, why do we baptize? Like, What's the point of all this? Baptism is the vehicle. It's the vehicle that allows you to say this, this idea, that this thing that happened in me kind of following after Jesus, it happened in my mind. It happened when I was home watching a service. So maybe you were watching one of these streams or you were sitting in a service like this somewhere else or you were listening to something on the radio and something happened on the inside. Baptism is the vehicle for where you get to tell everyone else, here's what happened on the inside. It's a tradition that we didn't start. This began thousands and thousands of years ago. Actually, the first time we see it recorded in history, the way we kind of perform it is about the time Jesus stepped on the scene. We see this in the New Testament that people were being baptized. But what's really amazing about this idea of baptism is that it didn't start with Jesus. Jesus wasn't the one who started the baptism. Do you remember the guy who came on the scene and started this whole, this whole baptism? You remember his name? You guys can answer. You're a smart crowd. John. John the Baptist. When I grew up, I thought that was kind of his last name, right? John Baptist. It was just, or like, if you want to be fancy and put an accent on it, John Baptiste. <clears throat> John the Baptist. Do you know that was actually his nickname? Because what John was, was the baptizer. John began to, 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 to preach to, to hundreds and thousands of people this, this message that was new. It was a message that wasn't like anything that ever came before him. And, and he started doing this, this thing after preaching his message he started doing this, this baptizing, and it had never been done this way before. It had, had kind of been done, and we'll talk about this in, in a minute, like this, this kind of personal, private ceremony that didn't represent what it represents today. John took it, and he said, no, no, something different is happening now. Some, something different is coming. It's not like it was before. 
So he would gather hundreds and thousands of people and he would preach. And his message would be, repent. And then he'd baptize people. In Mark's gospel, Mark gives, is one of those gospels that gives us the account of Jesus' life. Mark starts off by saying, here's an account of Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And then he immediately switches subjects and starts talking about John the Baptist. And here's what Mark has to say about John the Baptist. He said, as John's baptizing, the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to, to see him. They all gathered because this was brand new and, and, and this was unlike anything they'd ever seen before. It's kind of like, like in our world. Imagine like somebody going like right to your downtown, whether it's, no matter what city you live in or, or town you live in, you know you're downtown. It's like somebody gathering and preaching and everybody coming out to see what's happening because there's this, this commotion and everybody's involved and my neighbor's there and my brother's there and my, my kids are going. I, I want to know what's happening. So everybody went out to see him. And what's interesting is, is he uses this phrase, all the people, and... I think we all understand he's not actually saying every person in Jerusalem went out, right? It's kind of hyperbole. It's like when you go to a party and, and, or you hear about a party and you ask somebody, hey, how's the party going? And the, and the response is, oh, it's amazing. Everyone was there. Then you feel really insecure about yourself because you weren't there. So you feel like, well, I guess I'm not everybody. It's that kind of idea. Like not everybody was actually there. It's just like, like a lot of people, a lot of people I could think of, a lot of people went down, hundreds and thousands went down from Jerusalem to the Jordan River to watch this guy, John the Baptizer, speak and then do something that's never been done before. Mark continues the story. He says, these people were confessing their sins, and then they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. The crowds are gathering, and Mark's preaching, and people are literally turning around and talking to each other and repenting of their sins. Man, I can't believe I've done this. I was so wrong. I, I was selfish, and I lived my life for me, and, and I, was, I was mean, and I, I, I'm wrong. Where my life was headed is, is the wrong direction. And then he, he would say, you have to repent, and repent literally means to turn in a different direction. What I was doing was wrong. How I was living was wrong. Mark, John's right. I'm going to turn, I'm going to start living this way for this, this, this new thing that's happening, this coming Messiah that's been promised. I wasn't ready before. I was living a life in, a, in the complete wrong direction before, but, but now I'm turning in this direction. And I'm saying there's something more. My life has changed, and, and I want to be ready for this new thing that's about to happen, for this coming Messiah that little did they know was actually already here. And then John would baptize them in water to confirm, to mark the commitment they just made, to repent of their old way and turn to the new. And then one afternoon, everything changed. One afternoon on the banks of the Jordan River that, that looked like this, you can just imagine John's down there in the water preaching and there's less you know, shrubs and bush and there's just gathered thousands of people. John's saying the same thing, repent, repent. The Messiah is coming. You've got to get ready. And people are being baptized. And then out of nowhere walks Jesus. What's amazing is Jesus is John the Baptist's cousin. This isn't like caught off guard. Like, who is this guy? John knows who he is. John's seen him before. He's probably had lunch with him and sleepovers. And, you know, they camped out in, in, in you know, the, <clears throat> the desert or whatever they did in, in Israel in those days. Like, I know him. He's my cousin. But today, something's different about Jesus. He's on the banks of the Jordan, and he's teaching, and he's baptizing people, and he looks up. This is in the Gospel of John, and John tells us this. <clears throat> the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him, and today it's different. He says, look, or another tradition says, behold, the Lamb of God who 
takes away the sin of the world. Yesterday, he was my cousin. Today, he's exactly what we've been waiting for. The coming Messiah is here. Here he is, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. I just imagine John in this moment, overwhelmed with emotion, realizing who he's been eating with and, and picking on and wrestling with. Like, this is it. This is who I've been talking about. And then Jesus descends into the water and says, John, baptize me. And as you can imagine, John's reaction, I can't baptize you. You're the son of God. You should be baptizing me. And I just imagine Jesus saying, no, John, it has to be you and it has to be now. John baptizes his cousin in the water and then Jesus ascends out in this really miraculous way. If you don't know the story, you should read the story. It's amazing. This is the moment that changed everything. Not just for John, but for the entire world. Because as Jesus stepped out of that water under the banks of the Jordan and then went out into Jerusalem, he started his three-year ministry that would eventually lead to his death and his resurrection. I mean, it's just amazing. That one afternoon, what a pinnacle moment. What a moment that changed everything. But if you're like me, you find yourself asking, why would the Son of God, who takes away the sin of the world, need to be baptized? Like, what's he being baptized of? When we're baptized, we're baptized because we're believing in, in Jesus. We're, we're saying, my old life is gone. I, I received the grace and forgiveness and mercy of Jesus, and I'm headed in the new direction. So he's, why would Jesus be baptized? He did it for you, and he did it for me. To live out the example for the command that he's going to give before he leaves the earth. Here's what he's saying I want you to do. I want you to realize it's not good enough to just talk a talk. It's not good enough to say, yeah, I believe, and yeah, I'm a Christian. No, no, I want there to, uh, you need to live it out. You, you, need to, you need to live it publicly, and that's what baptism is. It's, it's a public declaration. This is a simple definition of baptism. Baptism is a public declaration. It's saying, yes, I, I, I'm ready for everybody to know. I, it needs to be done publicly. It needs to be done now. This is it. I, I want everyone to know, and Jesus said, this is why I'm doing it. Because I want you to do the same. And when you leave, I want you to follow me and be like me. I want you to be baptized. When you realize your life's headed in one direction and it's not where you want to go, or it's not where you expect to be, and you receive the grace and forgiveness, you repent and you turn in the other direction. He said, I want you to mark that decision with a public declaration. Baptism. And Jesus was baptized. This idea of a public declaration, it, it's really interesting. It's, it's kind of like what happens when we get married. Right? If you're married, you, you have a wedding ring, and, and, and the wedding ring you, you get after you say your vows. It's, it's like kind of this, this symbol of what you've done. That's like what baptism is. It's a symbol of what's already happened on the inside. I, I, I'm married. I had this college professor who, who always used to say when he would teach about marriage, my ring is not my wife. It's a representation of my wife. I'm married. And I married Tanya, and, and she saved me from my old ways and, and offered me salvation, at least in the, the dating or, or, or marital sense, not the spiritual sense. And my life has been forever changed, and I'm ready for everyone to know, so I walk around and I wear a ring letting everyone know, I'm now Tanya's, I'm married, and it changed my life. Baptism's the same way. It's saying I, what happened on the inside, what God did for me, what God did in me, this new thing that's stirring, this thing that made everything brand new, 
I'm ready for everyone to know. It's a public declaration. But it's not just a public declaration. It's also a public declaration expressing this private decision. This thing that kind of happened on the inside. What's, what's really interesting about these private d- decisions that we all kind of experience is that our private decisions have like outward effects, don't we? Like I may, may a pri- make a private decision to sell my minivan and buy a motorcycle, but that's going to affect my entire family. It's a private decision that has, has kind of a, a reaction or, or action or maybe even consequence, you want to call it that way, to the people around us. He's saying this private decision, this, this thing that stirred on the inside of you, it, it, it may have happened when you were in, in a, a service like this or watching something online or in a conversation with a friend or maybe you're reading a book or you're listening to music on the way home and something stirs. Maybe you've never expressed this to anybody before, but, but you know there's something on the inside of you that's different. And you would say if you're really, really gut level honest with yourself, something's different in me. I believe and I'm following after Jesus. I maybe have never told anyone before. It's this private decision that requires a public declaration. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're sitting here, and and you've had this private decision. You've you've made this decision on the inside. But this private decision is going to affect all of those around you. That's why we baptize. To let those around us know. That's, That's why baptism is so important. To let all of those around us know what's happened on the inside. Because that decision doesn't just affect me. It affects everyone around me. Baptism is a public declaration expressing a private decision of one of the greatest decisions we could make. Putting our faith in Jesus. Saying the old way, my way of doing things, the old way. I don't want to do that anymore. I want this new way. I want to follow Jesus. I want to have somebody who's going to walk through my life with me, through my challenges with me. I want somebody who's going to make my life better and make me better at life. It's putting our faith in the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Baptism symbolizes that faith. Baptism is an expression of that faith. It's not a replacement of the faith. It's an expression of that faith. This is why we don't baptize infants. People have asked me before, why don't you baptize infants? Other churches do. Because it's a public declaration of a private decision, a cognitive decision, a decision where where the individual says, I no longer want to walk my old way, I want to walk my new way. And an infant can't make that decision. It's not a decision that's made for them. It's a decision we make. This isn't a requirement for salvation. It's an expression of salvation. Before Jesus ascended and left the earth after his death and his amazing resurrection. He's gathered on the hillside with a bunch of his believers, hundreds of people, and he gives us this this commission, this this amazing commission, this great commission. He tells his followers this. This is kind of like like the bottom line, right? His whole life, three three, three years of ministry, chapters of books, it's all, here's the conclusion. Here's, Here's the concluding statement of everything we've done over three years. Here's what I need you to remember before I leave and you don't see me again. He says this, therefore, Go, you, right? It's declared, if you go and you make disciples of all nations and you baptize them, that word baptizing there, that's our word. It's baptizo. It means to, to, to dip or to submerge. Another uh, kind of definition is to die. You, you place it in something and, and what comes out is something completely brand new. 
He says, this is what I want you to do. Just as I was baptized and I baptized people, you may not know this, Jesus and his disciples actually baptized more people than John the Baptist and his disciples ever did. It's recorded in the book of John. He said, just as I, I did this in, in my own life and then I did this for other people, I want you to do the same. Go into all the world, make the, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're commanded to do. He says, I want you to teach them all the commands that I have commanded you. And then he makes this amazing promise. And surely, I'm with you, even to the very end of the age. Why do we baptize? Because Jesus told us to. He said, I want you to follow me and be baptized. And then I want you to baptize others. Because it's a symbol of what's taking place on the inside. My very first baptism in ministry, I was on a mission trip with a bunch of people. I wasn't even the leader. I was just a helper on this mission trip. Get this, my mission trip was in Maui, Hawaii. If you're ever going to take a mission trip, like that's the place you want to go on a mission trip. We're in the back jungle of Maui, the kind of the last native spot of the island, if you will. We're ministering, and they have these amazing pools in Maui that are fed from waterfalls, and we're down there. We hold a baptism service, and we baptize some people that got saved during the week. And most of the crew, and we're there, about 50 people. They've all kind of trickled their way out, and I'm the last one, making sure all the kids go. And as I'm getting the last of the kids out of the pool, some family walks up to me and says, Hey, are you with that group? I said, Yeah, I am. I said, would you baptize me? And I thought to myself, real quickly, am I qualified to do that? <laughs> like, I, I'm, not, I'm not leading. No one calls me pastor. I don't hold an office. And I thought to myself this. You go into all the world. And you make disciples of all nations. And you baptize them. And I thought, absolutely. This would be the greatest privilege of my ministry right now. To baptize my first person in an amazing pool at Maui. Like, I'm, sure, get in. And we baptized. That's the same offer I want to make to you today. In a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing some songs, and, and, or sing a song rather, and the baptism candidates are going to go and they're going to get ready and we're going to come out and we're going to baptize and that's all planned. But maybe you're sitting here and you thought, you know what, Jim, I've never done that before. And I've always been nervous because I have had questions about baptism. But, but as you talked this morning, something clicked. I've made that decision. Maybe I did it privately, or maybe I did it in a service where I had to stand and be recognized, or I had to write it, fill in a card, or maybe I've been saved my whole life, but I've never been baptized. Today's your day. This morning is your morning. You may have not come prepared. We did. We have shorts, we have t-shirts, we have towels, and I would love an opportunity to baptize you. I'm not going to embarrass you and make you get up here and say your name in front of everyone and then go back. We're going to stand, and we're going to dim the lights, and we're going to sing some songs. And as we do, if you want to be a part of this, I'm just going to ask you to sneak out to the back. Meet an usher. They'll make sure you have everything you need. Go get changed in the bathroom and then join us up here. And I would love an opportunity to baptize you. Baptism is a public declaration of a private decision that we have moved our faith. We have transferred our faith from our own selves, from the way we live our life, into this, this new thing that Jesus offered, this brand new way of living. The Apostle Paul tells us, and when we put our faith in him, the old passes away. And behold, you are a new creation. When you're baptized, the old man stays. It's almost like you've been dyed with a brand new color. 
And the new creation, the new man comes out. And guys, that changes everything. Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I love you with all my heart. God, I love that you've given us this amazing opportunity, Lord, to, to confirm what you've already done in people's lives, Lord. This, this salvation, Lord, this saving grace, this, this transferring of trust from ourselves to you, to receive your grace and mercy, to experience your love and live a brand new life. And God, as, as that's the thing that matters most, us transferring our trust from ourselves into you and being saved. God, for all of us who have made that decision but have never been baptized, would you give us the courage this morning, God, to take a step of faith, to do something maybe we think is rash and impulsive, we've never done before. But God, we'll take advantage of this morning. And we're willing to say before everyone here, I am following Jesus. I am a new creation and I want the world to know. Would you give us the courage to do that in Jesus' name, to follow in your footsteps, to be more like Jesus? In his name I pray, amen. If you would, stand to your feet. I'm going to ask the baptism candidates, if you would, at this moment, to head out back and get ready. If you would like to be a part of this service with us, I would love to baptize you. Feel free to head out back, talk to one of our ushers. We're going to sing a song, and I'll be back in a moment. When I let go, 
I could rest here in your arms forever Cause I know nobody loves me better Hold on to me Jesus, hold on to me Hold on to me when it's too dark to see you When I am sure I have reached the end Hold on to me when I forget I need you And when I let go, hold me again When the best of me is, is barely breathing When I'm not somebody I believe in Hold on to me Yeah, hold on to me Praise God. Father, prepare our hearts for what you're about to do, Lord. God, I pray for our baptism candidates as they come forward, God, that you would, God, fill their hearts with courage. God, we know how, um, God, maybe embarrassing or nervous this can be, God, but we are proud of what you've done in our hearts and in our lives. So this morning, Lord, we will stand before all of these people and declare what you've done in us. Be with us in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You can find your seats. <clears throat> We're going to call our first baptism candidate forward. Uh, Mia, are you ready? Let's give Mia a hand. So this is something we celebrate and we cheer for. So I'm going to need excitement. For a moment, I'm going to need you to pretend like you're alive and ecstatic about what we're going to do. Um, Mia's going to get in. Uh, do you want to share? No. No, she's not going to share. Okay. <laughs> I get it. Come on in. I'm going to ask some questions. We're going to talk just a little bit about Mia, and then we're going to baptize. And when she comes out, God, make her feel like this is the best day of her life. You can sit. <clears throat> so Mia, uh, I'll share a little bit about your story. You started here just a few months ago, right around COVID, right? Uh, yeah, October. Right in October. And Hi. from that moment, um, your life's been different. It has. You met Jesus. I did. And he changed who you were. Did. And it changed everything. Awesome. Today we're going to celebrate that for you. I have a few questions for you. Okay. Do you acknowledge that you're a sinner and you're in need of forgiveness and repent of sin? I do. Do you accept the freedom and power that God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms it shows itself? I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and put your whole trust in His grace and promise to serve Him as your Lord? I do. Upon your confession of faith, Mia, I'm going to baptize you. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Mia. Can you give her a hand? What's happening? <clears throat> I can't think of anything more awkward than standing in front of people 
uh, let alone standing in front of people soaking wet. So make her feel loved. Mia, thank you so much. Let's call our next baptism candidate, Kim. You ready, Kim? Come on up. Give Kim a hand. <clears throat> Come on, Kim. Uh, I'm excited for this. Actually, Kim and I started this discussion and journey about baptism a while ago. Um, come on, Kim. You ready? I'm not going to ask you to say anything. Don't worry. Go ahead. <laughs> Let me turn around and sit. You guys have, have heard me say this before. You've, you know, like, the scariest thing in the world for people is actually talking in front of people. <clears throat> There's that running joke that people would rather be in the casket at the funeral than giving the eulogy. So we're not going to embarrass anybody. I'll do all the talking because I'm used to it. Um, Kim? You're here, finally. I'm so excited for this. Uh, you've met Jesus, changed your life, and you're ready for everyone to know. Yeah. Unfortunately for her husband, it's not a dunk tank. I know we tried to work that out for him, but um, <clears throat> we're going to make do with this. Do you acknowledge that you're a sinner in need of forgiveness and repent of your sin? I do. do you accept the freedom and power that God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in this world in all forms? I do. And do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and put your whole hope in his grace and promise to live for him as your Lord? Amen. Upon your confession of faith, I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God bless you. All right. One more. Kim, Sally, are you ready? You guys might know Kim. She serves the delicious coffee in the back. Uh, Kim has been with us since the beginning. She was part of our launch team um, and found a way to snuck in on the one baptism I didn't ask her to record a video for. Um, but we are thrilled that she's here. <clears throat> Do you want a mic, Kim? You ready to talk? No? Okay. <laughs> uh, it is been an honor these past few years serving with you, um, seeing what God's done in you and your husband, getting to baptize your husband just a little bit ago. Uh, it's a joy to be here. I know you're following Jesus, and I know he's changed your life. So I'm going to ask you some questions, and then we'll get to it. Do you acknowledge that you're a sinner in need of forgiveness and repent of your sin? Do you accept the freedom and power that God gives you to resist sin and oppression in this world in all forms? And do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and put your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord? Upon your confession of faith, Kim, I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I get a hug. Love you. My pleasure. Nobody else? It's your final moment. You can never leave here and say, I wasn't given a chance. Jim waited. All right. I love you guys, and there's nothing you can do about it. I'm going to ask Taylor to come up, and we're going to close. Um, we'll see you soon. Thank you, Jim. Congratulations, you guys. I remember when I was baptized, and 
Somebody said this morning in our meeting, uh, I remember how cold the water was. And I was like, I just remember crying. So great job. Congratulations, you guys. We love you and we're proud of you. Um, thank you for coming. If you are a guest and this is your first time, please come back and see us next week. We do have a gift for you, so please don't sneak out before we're able to put that in your hands. And please, please, please come to our picnic. We're meeting across the street at the McGraw Playground. We're going to have some um, fun, some food, hang out with our families, and um, we're just glad you came here today. So uh, come back next week. Have a great Sunday, and we do love you very much.